Good morning, I'm David Nutter, and it's my privilege to be uh, sharing a message this morning uh, for Rick Bonfim Ministries. Pastor Rick has been a blessing to me these 17 years, I guess, praise God, and uh, I'm thankful to be get to be a part of the work God's doing through Pastor Rick and all the folks who join in with Pastor Rick to make this ministry uh, a fruitful ministry, praise the Lord. <clears throat> Uh, the last message I did was God's prophetic voice, and this one is a continuation of that theme, uh, but it's called Foundations. Uh, God is always speaking, and when He speaks, it is creative, and when He speaks, it is kingdom creative. He is in these days calling forth His kingdom into this current time. And that's what he's called his servants to be doing. So I want to share a little bit about a little bit more about that through Psalm 100. Let's pray. Father in heaven, <clears throat> we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you that you are building your kingdom now through your people. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being seed planters, wall builders, to accomplish your kingdom purposes in and through us. Anoint us, equip us. Strengthen us for this day. Speak to each of our hearts through the message that you uh, put in my mouth today. Lord, I, as best I know how, I yield the floor to you, Holy Spirit of God, in Jesus' name. And we pray you take charge of my mouth and that you would speak your purposes and your word into all who you call to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I, uh, God put a love of the word in my heart uh, from the very moment I was saved. I'm thankful for that. Uh, uh, that. That's just been something that's always come easy for me to read the Word. And I just can't think of a... It's, it's been a rare day in the last 27 years that I left the house without reading the Word. It's happened a, a few times, but I truly can probably count that on one hand once I at least got going in it. Uh, maybe at the beginning it wasn't true. Um, and I just love the Word. I don't have to be forced to do it. You may not uh, have that same anointing or at this point in your life, you, you may not. That's okay. Don't let that become a guilt trip. Uh, I don't find it quite as e easy to say serve the homeless, okay, and to run a soup kitchen. And there's a lot of other things that uh, people that have a strong service gift find very easy but maybe aren't real readers of the Word. I would share, you know, a tip. There's a, if you're not a reader... There's a lot of Bible apps that you can listen to the Word. Faith comes from hearing, praise God. And uh, you don't have to read it necessarily as much Scripture as someone that, that, like me, reads. But do this. Ask God to create in you a love of the truth and a love for His Word. Ask Him to give you a hunger and thirst for His Word. Uh, as I often jokingly say, if you ask for a new Cadillac Escalade, I cannot promise you that God will give that to you. Uh, or whatever it is you would want. But I tell you what, if you ask Him for the things God wants in your life, these kingdom things like a hundred, hunger and thirst for His Word, He will give it to you. It may not happen immediately, but blessed be God, it absolutely will happen if you expect it will. And then start trying. That's it. You pray it, you believe it, and then you start trying, whether it's listening to the Bible app or getting a good devotional, uh, getting a good Bible study, whatever it is. Well, I had been reading the Word in a recent morning, and God has been speaking and confirming His Word <clears throat> in many ways. A lot of times, 
I'll read a scripture and then someone else will text me the same scripture that from that day I just read. Or I'll read a scripture and then a song will play that confirms that word. I had a particularly unusual experience with reference to Psalm 100 recently and I want to share that with you because I think God is speaking prophetically through that experience and through Psalm 100. It's one of the most well-known Psalms and favorite, really. Uh, I'm going to read it in the King James because that's what the Holy Spirit told me to read it in that day. I tend to read the New American Standard most. Uh, that's the one I got taught up in and am most familiar with. But I always keep the King James close at hand. I do believe the King James translation has a special anointing on it. Uh, God has used that particular translation mightily. And uh, I also believe that, uh, just as one pastor called it, the thundering diction of the King James. If you like uh, uh, putting words together in a, in a melodious way, well, the King James does that. Uh, so, Psalm 100 in the King James Version, version Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come, come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. Hallelujah. Well, I have been reading the Scripture. And uh, generally the way I operate is I, um, I read a psalm or two or three in the morning, depending on their length. Begin with that. I start listening to praise music as I read. That doesn't distract me. And uh, then I move over into either a New Testament reading or an Old Testament reading, and I usually read both. I may, you know, be working on the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, or I may be working as I have in recent times, First and Second Kings, uh, or maybe I'm reading the prophets. And when I read First and Second Kings, I usually bounce over into the prophets, and uh, and I'm always reading the Gospels or Acts, and uh, I'm always reading the letters. And uh, listen, again, don't. I didn't always operate this way. I've been reading the Bible a long time. But then God will give me what a friend of mine calls rabbit trails, but I don't think they're really rabbit trails. They're the will of God. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And He does things and puts me in unusual places that I haven't been reading. So I was reading this uh, my normal process I just described. And frankly, I think it was a Saturday morning maybe. I'd read a lot of Scripture that day. And uh, I have a funny little device I use for myself. I didn't use it this morning because the Lord told me not to because I'm preparing for uh, this message. And so uh, keep me from false burdens. And I don't want to put a false burden on you. But I try not to read weird numbers of chapters of the Bible. For example, it's maybe happened to me once or something, but I, I won't read six chapters of the Bible in the morning. Why? Because I just don't like that number six. That's why. There's no good reason. I just don't. I'll read one chapter, 
three chapters, four chapters because there's four Gospels, um, five chapters because there's five smooth stones in, in David's bag, but not six because I've read the book of Revelation, so I'm not doing that. I'll, if push comes to shove, I'll read seven or eight, you know. And I, you know, eight's the number of completeness, which is another way of saying just want to make sure you didn't miscount, you know, and and read six instead of seven, so uh, and on. So anyway, that morning I counted it up, and it came to one of these odd numbers. And I thought, wow, I need to read one more chapter, but I'm in a hurry. I no, it wasn't a sad. I had to go to work, and uh, I'm out of time. I really need to get moving here. And uh, one way uh, a pastor taught me a long time ago, one of the best ways to start getting into the Word is in prayer is give yourself a full hour before you need to do anything to get your day started, like the normal stuff we all do, like taking a shower. Wake up an hour before that and just devote it to the Lord for an hour. And as you do it, you'll find God expands that. And you, you have no place to go. Nothing to do yet. That's the key to it. And if it's early enough, the house is quiet. Praise God for that. And uh, try to incorporate that into your life. Again, don't make any of this into a law or a burden. That's not life in the Holy Spirit. But if that's helpful to you, give it a try. It certainly helped me. So uh, I counted up the chapters in my mind and said, this is an odd number of chapters. I need to read one more, but I'm hustling here. God, what do I do? And I often pray God put a song on my heart when I wake up in the morning. Often I'll wake up, as I did this morning, with a song playing in my head. Hallelujah. And that often guides me into what music to listen to. I like the hymns. I like the praise and worship. I like the praise from the 90s. I like the praise now. Uh, I like all of it. I like uh, uh, gospel. I like uh, country worship. I like all of it, you know. Praise God. And so I have various different stuff I listen to and I'm always finding new stuff. I like particular artists. Um, this particular day, uh, the Lord put on my heart to listen to uh, what uh, it's called Hosanna music. And uh, they sing the scriptures. And uh, it's, uh, Integrity uh, Publications put it, puts it out. And you can go to Hosanna music and find albums where they're just singing the Psalms, basically singing the Word of God. And it's uh, really cool. So I'd put that on. I'd listened to it before, but in no sense do I have it memorized or anything like that. It's just background to me. And sometimes I'll be reading the Word, and suddenly the song I'm listening to catch my eye, and I'll put the Bible down, and I'll just start worshiping the Lord and letting that song minister to me, the, the hearing the Word or the praise, and uh, pick the Bible back up. So uh, that was playing in the background. I wasn't really listening to it. And the uh, Holy Spirit said, well, go to Psalm 100. And that's short, and it's a good way to complete uh, your, your reading. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying King James Version today. So I put down my New American Standard and picked up the uh, King James and read uh, Psalm 100, which I just read a moment ago. And when I got down to four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, now, for years, I did, Susan and I did family church with our five kids, uh, often daily. We would do little devotionals. My older kids say sometimes they weren't that little. My son, Jim, who's 24, I've said this before, uh, when he's around, he doesn't live at home, but when he's around, I'll say, hey, I feel like I have a little 
word. Can I share it with everyone for a minute? He'll say, how long is this going to take, Dad? You know, he experienced me back in the day when I was fervent for the Lord, but maybe didn't have a whole lot of sense. And, uh, you know, so if you got young kids, do be mindful that five minutes to them is like a thousand years in their sight. So keep that in mind. But so um, I uh, picked up um, uh, Psalm 100, and um, but I, I've done, you know, family devotions for years, and it, it has a tremendous power in your children's lives, and I encourage you to do that. So when I read Psalm 100, I got down to verse 4. Well, I used to jokingly, when Anne Marie, who uh, serves with Pastor Rick's ministry, when she was little, uh, she was real little, I would say, Anne Marie, how do we uh, come before the Lord? How how do we uh, uh, enter into his gates? And at first, she would always stumble on it. And I'd say, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And it became kind of a family joke, you know. So I got to verse 4. And uh, I was reading out loud. I often, usually, I read the Scripture out loud, not too loud so as to not wake up the whole house, although Susan says sometimes I do wake up the whole house, but I try not to. And um, uh, I read out loud. A pastor friend, uh, Pastor Jeff Falkowski, suggested that to me years ago. And so you end up reading and hearing. I remember Pastor Frank sharing once about that, that... uh, he was in need of a healing, and he is a healing stalwart. And the Lord said, Frank, you haven't been listening to my word. You've just been reading it. And so Frank read the healing promises out loud, and his healing came. Praise God for that. Uh, glory to God, uh, because his word won't depart from my eyes or from my ears. Amen? That's God's promise. That's his healing promise. So I was reading. I got down to verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you the song I was listening to, which I paid no attention to, it was not on my consciousness. As I spoke those words, the lady singing the song from Hosanna Music, Glory to God in the Highest, her words came in perfect sync with my words because she was singing Psalm 100. It was a glorious moment of where the presence of the Lord flooded into me as he brought everything into perfect sync. I had to have picked Hosanna music. I had to respond to Psalm 100. I had had his good word that morning, but I'm always saying, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to sense your presence. And if I haven't, in some manner, I've just read the word. And listen, just reading the word is good. We need that. Uh, But I, I, I want the moment, the presence of the Lord to fall on me. That's what I'm seeking every morning, to be able to go out and uh, experience His presence all day long. And then Susan came out of the room right after it happened. I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. I said, I was reading Psalm 100, and I said, and right when I got to this and read it, and it happened again, the song kicked right back in, in sync with my words. I said, wow, it just happened again, because I had earbuds on. And, uh, And I mentioned that Uh, last time, the last message, that prophetic anointing that I've seen increase in my life. And I heard the Lord saying that these are days of disorder, but I'm bringing my perfect order amidst all the disorder. Can't you hear it? It, Things look so confusing out there in the world. But God's saying, I'm bringing everything into perfect alignment. Can't you see it? Because I wrote Psalm 100. I 
called the people that put Hosanna music to prepare these albums before the world was even framed. And I put on your heart to start playing those and to read this word. And I brought it all together like this in perfect harmony. I wonder if he'll do that for all aspects of my life and your life. Yes, he will. Here's a prayer I pray often. I prayed it this morning. God, I pray for your holy order in my life today. And the wife of Susan and me and Jane and Jim and Nancy and Amory and Laura Lillian and my mom whom we call Nana, I pray for your holy order over this day, Lord, that we would be at the right place at the right time at all times. Lord, I pray that you would give us the right word in every situation that we would know when to speak and when not to speak. Oh, God, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips because I know I talk too much. Oh, God, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Show me when you want me to be silent as before shears. Oh, God, give me your wisdom, your shrewdness, so that I would know when to speak and when not to speak. Lord, keep me from casting pearls before swine. But, oh, Lord, my God, give me words to speak with boldness and courage that I might speak forth the mystery of Christ with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm expecting him to answer those prayers. I'm expecting him to bring holy order over my day when I pray that. And so, uh, when I went to work, I was uh, praying, God, show me your good works. Show me your holy order over this day. And I was mediating for a guy that started using me. You know, I've been mediating 17 years Almost from the beginning of my practice, this fellow has worked with me, and uh, he doesn't live in the cities, out of the city, but uh, from time to time will use me. So it was great catching up with him. And uh, and uh, there were a couple other guys uh, around that I knew from long ago, and I was visiting with some in the hall <clears throat> while I was wait- waiting for this fellow to uh, use me and um, uh, to come come out and pull me back into his room. He was talking with his client. And this another guy that had worked with me for years came walking up and said, David, it's good to see you. I'll never forget that testimony you told me about the lady who was taken captive by the Fulton County courthouse shooter uh, back there. Tell us that story again. So I'm standing in a hallway, and there's four or five lawyers standing around. And what the man's asking me, I know he's a Christian, he's asking me, to give a testimony of God's goodness right there in the hallway. Well, you know, you have a choice then to either do it or shrink away in fear. When God opens a door like that, I've learned to go through it. I learned that from Pastor Rick. And so I gave Ashley Smith's testimony. You maybe read her book. You maybe have seen the movie that was made about her life. But she was taken captive by Brian Nichols. At the time, she was addicted to... um, Ice to um, methamphetamine, which is devastating. Ice is one of the most virulent forms of it, and you basically can't get off of it. It destroys your life. She had uh, grown up in a Christian family, but her life had taken a, a left turn. And uh, But that day when she got kidnapped in the middle of the night by Brian Nichols, the Fulton County Courthouse shooter, back there in 2005, she was reading The Purpose Driven Life, trying to figure out life. And uh, and the week before, I later learned, her aunt, Kim, who's a, a great Christian lady, 
and her ladies group were praying for Ashley. And one of the ladies in the group said, God, you're just going to have to show out for Ashley. I don't know, but you got to do something big to get her attention. Well, she got kidnapped by this man. It was worldwide news. And uh, she didn't know, you know, if she was going to survive or not. And whatever other horrible things would happen. And uh, he asked her if she had any drugs. And she said, yes, she had methamphetamine, ice. And he didn't know how to use that. That was not his drug of choice. And uh, he asked her to set it up for him to show him how to use it. And uh, as I understand it, methamphetamine is an upper. Uh, Hitler used that on his troops uh, in World War II and made them wild, manic, you know. And um, so uh, she set it up, and he asked her would she like to use the drug. And she said uh, she heard a voice. And I'm just recounting this in the hallway at work. She heard a voice, and she knew it was Jesus who said to her in her head, it'll be the last thing you do. And she said, no, I I don't want to use it. And uh, he said, okay. And he used it, and it operated much like the drug Ritalin can work on uh, hyperactive use, not necessarily advocating Ritalin, but that is my understanding of how that works. And it worked as a downer for him. Uh, He was so hyped up from all that had happened and... um, you know, uh, all that had gotten on him, and it calmed him down, and she was unharmed in any way. She was not injured or abused or anything, and he ended up setting her free the next morning, and it totally changed her life. She's never, to my knowledge, used drugs again. Her life completely turned around. She has a good job. She has a ministry of sharing to young people. Uh, Her life was totally restored. That's a miracle. You can't get off of ice. So, fast forward a few years later, and I continue sharing this story. I was contacted by Ashley. The death penalty trial of Brian Nichols was coming up. And uh, the defense group wanted to interview her. And a social worker particularly wanted to come out and interview her for the death penalty phase of the case. And uh, so I agreed to go out where Ashley was living and meet and um you know, just sort of be present for that. Uh, I had had the privilege of representing Ashley through some of this uh, stuff and dealing with the FBI and all the interviews that she had to go through. So I'd heard this story many, many times. Some years had passed, about probably five years, I guess, three, something like that, three to five years, and went out to her house with this social worker and heard Ashley share the whole story again. And as the social worker, and this person's a professional, won't use her name, but uh, she had heard, she's interviewed a lot of drug addicts and everything else. We're walking up the driveway. Ashley's life is obviously totally put together. And she says, I just can't comprehend this. This is not possible. I said, what do you mean? She said, you can't get off ice. You, you can't. I've never seen this before. I've interviewed hundreds of drug addicts. I, I, you, this just can't be, I, I, I just can't explain it. And uh, at that time, uh, I had not been hanging out with Rick Bonfim, or not much anyway. I, I think I would have acted differently now. But as she's sharing that, I said, well, it's just God. It, you know, it's the Holy Spirit in her life, Jesus. And she just, this lady broke down bawling uncontrollably. And he literally could not, in the, in the driveway of this lady's house, and we're both working to her cars, and she kept trying to control it and couldn't. And she just finally said, I have to apologize to you. This is so unprofessional. I, I apologize that you have nothing to apologize for. 
um, you know, is God moving in your life? You've seen a, a miracle today. And we got up to our car. Someone had given me, and I will say, this lady's a head knowledge was a head knowledge person, uh, and I had been. And if I C.S. Lewis really ministered to me when I was coming to Christ, the great Christian author and Oxford professor there in England, and explained the gospel from an intellectual perspective in a way I could get hold of. And uh, someone had given me that mere Christianity on disc, and I had just been listening to it going up. And the Lord, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, give it to her. And I said, uh, listen, I used her name. I said, you've got questions, don't you? She said, yeah, I do, about God. I said, let me give this to you. This guy answered my questions. And I've often regretted that I didn't just seize that moment in a bolder way. I just didn't really know how and didn't have the boldness yet to do it. But I have a sense from God, and I don't know, maybe the lady will watch this and contact me, that she's saved. Uh, I just sense that. It was a divine moment when God begins to reveal himself as Pastor Rick teaches. It's over. And I believe that she came to Christ because it's God who's working that. And I planted seed as best I knew how then. But can you see the perfect order of all things? And I'm sharing that in the hallway. Well, then my lawyer comes out, and he had been standing listening, and he said, well, David, you're preaching in the hallway this morning. He's a Christian guy. I said, praise God for that. You know, I didn't have to force it. Uh, I have a job to do when I'm at work, when you're in the secular world, that people want you to, to not preach at them. They want you to do your job. But I do find when you let Jesus use your boat, he will fill your boat with fish, both uh, business but fish. He's made us to be fishers of men. And he wants to use our boats. That is the revival that's happened in these days. And it's that perfect order that I experienced with Psalm 100. So uh, let me suggest to you that when he says we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, we're thinking about going up to him. But I want you to start thinking about this is how we bring in the presence here, right here or at my office when I'm working, or whatever work you do, as you start thanking God, praising God in your heart, the heavenly realm manifests in you. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, and it can manifest and start working in the hallways and the highways and the byways. That's how we enter in. Thank you, Lord, for this day. A voice when you wake up may say, you got too much to do. You're depressed. This is not going to be a good day. And you need to declare, no, I thank you, Lord. You've got a plan you framed for me before the foundation of the world. This is a good day. You've prepared good works for me. Satan, I resist you with every fiber of my being. I'm thankful. I bless your name, Lord. I want to be a blessing today. Lord, you're good. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you for your mercy in my life. I'm a mercy giver. May your mercy flow in me, to me, and in me, and through me into other lives today. I choose mercy. I pray my family, we'd all be mercy givers. We'd let people in in traffic. Amen. And Lord, your truth endures to all generations. Praise God for that. His truth never fails. And so let me submit to you that we, he, we have a choice. He wants us to be glad in Him. And so what's the foundation stones? Well, verse 3, He made me. I didn't make myself. He's my shepherd. We need to orient to that because you're hearing in the world and our young people are being taught, oh, there's no creating God. It's all just stuff and is evolving well that mindset will get you doing things like killing babies even after they come out of the womb that's evil god created 
It'll get you believing stuff like we're running out of natural resources. Well, listen, God created it. We're not running out of natural resources. Uh, but this has been something the devil has been putting fear in man's heart from the very beginning because if you don't believe in the creating God, you don't believe in His goodness, you don't believe in His provision, you start worrying about overpopulation. And the solution for that is, you know, Bill Gates has said that he has an ideal population number for planet Earth. The problem with that is he's going to have to do away with several billion people in order to get to his number. Well, that's just the same old stuff that we've been hearing forever. But no, God says, be fruitful, multiply. I will supply. You're not running out of anything. I remember 50 years ago when we went through an oil crisis that the actor Gregory Peck, I love Gregory Peck's acting and To Kill a Mockingbird and all that, but he was standing in front of an empty oil reserve tank claiming in the early mid-70s we were running out of oil. We had gas lines and all that. Because uh, back then it was we're running out of oil, so we need to conserve. It wasn't that it's, we're destroying the earth, whether we're running out. Well, no, we're not. It turns out we're producing so much more oil now than we did then. So now what the enemy's done is flipped into, well, you shouldn't use oil because it's very destructive. Uh, part of our prophetic gift and teaching gift, all of us that God gives us, is uh, actually we have to speak truth in every circumstance. You know, I pulled up the other day, it's a Canadian article, there's over 6,000 uses, daily uses of oil. Uh, Oil has transformed mankind's life from misery and despair to a life of every piece of clothing we're all wearing, this cell phone, solar panels, it's all made with oil products, all of it. And the idea of doing without it would lead us to abject poverty. There's only over 6,000 common uses of oil, and we produce a tremendous amount of oil every day. Let me share a couple, obviously gasoline and fuels, that kind of stuff. Uh, but feedstock uh, comes from petrochemicals, so we feed our animals, uh, dishwashing liquids, solar panels, food preservatives, eyeglasses, DVDs, children's toys, tires, heart valves. That's a pretty good product, pretty good use of... Uh, what about smartphones, speakers, your computers, cameras, televisions, electronics? All have components derived from oil. Our shoes, our clothing, rayon, vegan, leather, polyester, acrylic, nylon, uh, lightweight, durable, water-resistant property, sports equipment of all kinds, uh, hair dye, cosmetics, most makeup, hand lotion, toothpaste, soap, shaving cream, deodorant, pantyhose, combs, shampoo, eyeglasses, contact lenses. In other words, without petroleum, it would stink, literally. Can't you see it? How about this? Medical supplies, petrochemicals for pharmaceuticals, IV bags, aspirin, antihistamines, artificial limbs, dentures, hearing aids, heart valves. And I could go on and on. This article goes on and on. So what's happened? If we will not believe in the goodness of God, the devil will mislead us in all sorts of ways to purposely live in poverty for no good reason. Now, does that mean... We should be uh, unconcerned about conservation. No, when Jesus created fish, when he created fish, he said, now gather up all the fragments. Don't waste anything. You kidding me? He just created a bunch of fish. He can create any time he wants, but he still says, don't waste anything. God doesn't want us to be wasteful. 
We have to be in balance. We do need to be concerned about polluting streams and this sort of thing. But uh, God does not want us rejecting his goodness. Do you know our city dumps produce usable gas? Where do all our fuels come from? From, we say, fossil fuels, but it's really decomposition of life matter. Produces useful gas that is useful in a million different ways. And so... Beware, we want to stand in the foundation of God's truth. It's he who's created us. This is his creation. And, and uh, we, we didn't create ourselves. He's our shepherd. We're his sheep. And he will lead us and guide us into all truth and show us the things freely given by him. So that's our prayer that we would all be bold, that we would speak the truth and love biblical truth. But also there's... There's God's truth working through creation so that we would encourage people not to believe lies that will absolutely destroy civilization and put us back into a situation of misery and suffering that mankind was under for many, many years. He wants us to live in his goodness and his abundance. And so, God, we pray today, Lord, that we would claim the foundation stones of Psalm 100 that we would enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise, that your kingdom would manifest through us as we go out about our day, hopeful, thankful for your goodness, expectant of your goodness to manifest, remembering that I don't hold the world in my hands, you hold the world in your hands, and you created me and have a good plan for me, and you want to accomplish your good purposes through me and everyone hearing my voice this day. We thank you for that. We thank you that we can come into your presence here and now at any given moment as we come in with thanks and praise for your mercy and your goodness and your everlasting truth which never fails. We commit this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen.